I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to episode 10 of All In Sports with Jake Seeley. Great show today because it's one of my favorite guests that I've ever had on the show. But I, I say that a lot, don't I? I? I really mean it today, though. And also, I have an announcement. We have the giveaway. The giveaway for the Le'Veon Bell signed jersey is done. That doesn't mean you should stop giving this show five stars and subscribing on all the various outlets, especially iTunes out there. Please still do so. I appreciate it. It helps keep this free. It helps keep this out there for everybody to listen to. But for actually taking the screenshot and sending it to me, which you should save, by the way, because I'm still probably going to do another giveaway at some point, maybe even this month. We'll see. In any case, I have to give away the Le'Veon Bell jersey and two of the Check the Link shirts, the final two ones that I have. Hopefully, medium and large works out. Like I'm hoping one of the people wants the large and one of the people will have, we'll see. Hopefully, it works out. The winners of the T-shirts, we'll do those first, uh, was actually at Cali Mac. So if you are listening and happen to listen to this podcast, which I hope you are, tweet me and let me know. Maybe I'm assuming, uh, I, actually, and I know who you are. So I'm assuming the meaning might work for you because you are female. And then the other one, Jay Lageza. I hope I just probably butchered the living hell out of that. You win the other t-shirt. I know it's depressing to hear your names and not win the jersey, but I'll do, like I said, I'll do another contest. Trust me, it's coming. The winner of the Le'Veon Bell signed jersey from Pristine Auction is at Land of Steve, which I, I would say Land of Steve's. I, mean, I, I don't know what Land of Steve is. But in any case, congratulations, dude, who's basically hacked there with your Land of Steve. You win the Le'Veon Bell jersey. Let me know. Contact me on Twitter. I'll get these all sent out for you guys. Oh, J-Log is, uh, uh, um, I hope you get the large. We'll see. In any case, let's dive in today. A lot of fantasy football news to talk about. Great show. You're probably already following the guest today. If not, shame on you. It's Jason Moore of the Fantasy Footballers, which this is one of those few times where I have a guest and you're probably like, yeah, I already follow that guy. I, of course I do, because it's funny. I was talking to Jason before we started the show and it wasn't, hey, guess what? We just won the award for the third straight year for best podcast. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, which ah, you can go, go ahead and talk about if you like. It wasn't that. It wasn't anything. It was. I can't believe my team is zero and four. That's that was the first <laughs> thing out of his mouth. Yeah, it really is. Like it's funny. We we won the uh, podcast award back to back for sports and for people's choice. I could give two craps about that right now because my main league that we care the most about, the one that launched our podcast. My super team that I assembled that people were afraid was going to go undefeated is 0-4 and, and just trash right now. I'm so on tilt, and it's like things are going well. Life's going great. Podcast's doing well. My rankings are doing well, but I, could, I, I just care about 
being winless in my home league. That's it. <laughs> and I know you care a lot about it because you squeaked during that too. Like if you didn't notice, it was just, that's how bad it is. Like it's just, it's funny you say that because I have a home league as well, we all do. It's been going for, this is now the 13th year. Auction, half point PPR, a little bit different other than the scoring and all that type of stuff. But people always get upset because I always finish first, second, or third. Always. Because, you know, it's... I don't want to, okay, there's no way no, to say this. Sure. Yeah, there's no way to say it without sounding conceited, but we're better than most average people. That's why we do this for a living. But I went into this draft with keepers of Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen. For some reason, these idiots, and I even said they were idiots when they let it happen. It was a $200 budget. They let me get T.Y. Hilton and Tyreek Hill for $26 and $27. Like, that's your <laughs> own fault. You guys are morons. It's your fault I have a super team. It's your fault. So I just made a trade this past week. I sent T.Y. Hilton, John Brown, my boy, which really pained me to give up, Antonio Callaway and Adrian Peterson, again, his keeper league, to a person who is dying for wide receivers for David Johnson, Baker Mayfield, and the defense. Like, so basically, uh, David Johnson. I bought low on David Johnson. Sure. And everybody, of course, oh, my God, you just gave Jake the league. Well, guess what? I'm going to lose this week because T.Y. Hilton, John Brown went off. As everybody knows, Jordan Howard did nothing. O.J. Howard at tight end did nothing. I'm going to lose this week now because I made that trade. Yeah, yeah, life is rough. I mean, I, I've got David Johnson on my super team with Keenan Allen and Devonta Freeman and Dalvin Cook and uh, leaving the draft at Michael Thomas. It, I mean, it just looked unbeatable. Yeah. But it, what can you do? No, it's, it's just what happens. And we're going to talk about that. I sent you two things I tweeted out yesterday, but kind of like the panic level rankings and then some excitement level rankings. But yes, oh, but let's go back to it. You won, you won the award. So I'm sure everybody already knows, but tell them where to follow you. Tell them where to follow your podcast and your greatness and the website. And they're like, I mean, honestly, people should know, but just in case. Well, sure. No, I appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, the fantasyfootballers.com uh, is the easiest way to find everything. Uh, you know, Twitter at the FF Ballers. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason FFL. Uh, the podcast, we've been doing it now for several years, and uh, we took down the back to back to back award for uh, best sports and for people's choice. So that had never been done before. We're three years running. The Foot Clan, our listeners are are going strong. They have a long history now of winning championships. And uh, we, we, like you, we, we like to have fun doing it. You know, it's not just all numbers and grit. We dive deep and then we try to uh, bring the joy out, which is, which is terribly hard being 0-4. Just, <laughs> I mean, I have no joy. You, it's all been siphoned by the listeners. They're happy and I'm, I'm living in the uh, dark. Yes, congratulations. Once, yeah, I actually voted for you guys. Makes you feel good. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you very much. Every vote, vote counts. So you get out there and vote and all that crazy. By the way, I've, I've never seen commercials this early for voting, by the way. That's like, I guess this is, I don't know how to make of it. I don't want to get into that. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Fancy football. All right, let's do, I, I want to get into the panic rankings that I tweeted out yesterday because that was the one that got the most clicks, likes, retweets, and everything because that's what everybody's doing. It's now four weeks into the season. As you're mentioning with your team, your own four. So I'm sure there's a certain like panic level meter in your head of like, all right, maybe I need to take some chances now, which is I recommend to anybody if you're on four, take chances. But the panic rankings I originally had was Kenyon Drake, number one, Chris Hogan, two, Charger survivor picks, which that worked out well. So you can toss that out to number three, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, and Jordan Howard. I have a feeling Leonard Fournette should be higher now, shouldn't he? Yes, Leonard Fournette should be the number one here. He's going to be out an indefinite amount of time. I mean, whenever you wait several weeks, come back and then re-aggravate a hamstring issue. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him again this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back in a month 
and re-aggravates it again. Now, there's still a chance he comes back and plays for the second half of the year. I almost, this is a funny story, after you know I started tilting uh, and I had David Johnson, I almost traded David Johnson for Leonard Fournette uh, when it looked like Ooh. he was going to be back a couple weeks ago. And then I thought, you know, and, and my, my co-owner, our producer, Brooks, uh, he, he, he believed this too. Uh, he said, you know, you, ju- you just don't trade for injured guys. You know, you, buying, that's one of the things that I've, I've started to get a little bit better at. Because you're, you're always tempted to buy the injury dip. You know, buy the, but right. the biggest thing that causes unforeseen busts is injury. So when you can actually foresee it and you're in the middle of it, why say, yeah, you know, I think I want that on my team. <laughs> I I definitely agree with you. So there's an interesting situation with you on, or with not with you, with this situation is uh, Leonard Fournette, as you just said, all that. But now all of a sudden, Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, who didn't make that panic rankings list, apparently has been playing through knee and ankle injuries. I I, I got to think that if you are Ezekiel Elliott owner, there's got to be well, like if you own him, hearing that news today, where does your panic level rank in one to ten? Where's it go? You know, I, I just, I literally heard that about five minutes before coming on the show with you. So I don't know the details of it. My initial reaction is I'm not very worried because if he's been playing with it and he's been playing extremely well with it, he didn't uh, apparently re-aggravate, you know, anything or have to come off the field. I would imagine that it, it's something that could be played through and, and he will. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. But again, I, I don't have a lot of information Todd Archer on Twitter. That's really all we have to go. I'm with you though. The only it's, it's, it's funny because we have last week, as you said, well, actually just yesterday, by the way, for everybody out there recording this on Monday night, because the mythical date that Jason and I agreed to of October 2nd of a Monday didn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So not, not in 2018, at least. No, it definitely doesn't. So we're doing this Monday just in case anything comes out. Cause I'm going to post this Tuesday morning. So this doesn't get buried under Monday night football, which would happen. But so this just broke for us. So if you hear something by that point, um, I want to go back to the panic rankings and who I initially had number one. And it's the Kenyon Drake situation. And we've all made jokes about it from the Seinfeld reference of hating the Drake. And we've we made jokes. But at some point, it's not funny anymore, Jason. Like this isn't this is not funny. This is not funny seeing Frank Gore getting the carries. This is not funny seeing the team not use Kenyon Drake despite what he continues to do on the field. When he actually gets the opportunities, we went from week three, at least I did, I don't know where you were, but I went from week three saying, all right, well, that you look at that game, look at how few plays they ran. We kind of have to throw that out the window. This is a matchup. They're going to want to get him involved. And then you watch what happens against the Patriots. It's the same thing all over again. So what do you yeah, do? A, do you buy I'm low? Agreement. No, you know, I don't think you can buy low on Drake right now. I, I, the, the thing is, he was on our on our show going into this past weekend. He was one of our few make or break players like this is a week going in where this week is going to tell the story you know David Johnson was one of those players with Josh Rosa coming in is he a make or break candidate are you you know going to have to really know that he's going to suck or is is he going to be okay Kenyon Drake was one of those guys because coming off of that Oakland game five carries five (laughs) carries what but it was such a weird game the way that the game script worked and it wasn't like Frank Gore I think Frank Gore had five carries so they just didn't run the ball they didn't need to. It was, it was a bunch of long 70-yard uh, touch-tap passes you know, the, and weird trick plays. So the game script was weird. But how in the world you could be almost shut out, down, you know, whatever it was, 20 nothing, 
And you've got this weapon in Kenyon Drake that you choose to not use at all, and he gets three rushing attempts and two targets. Shame on you, Adam Gase. Shame. Because, I mean, coming out of college, I loved Drake. Uh, every time I've seen him on the field getting opportunities, he's just unbelievable. So maybe the second half of the year, Frank Gore will go down and uh, whoever they bring off the street and put ahead of Kenyon Drake, maybe that player will go down and they'll have to use Drake. But right now, they don't have to use him and they don't want to use him. I don't know, I don't know what he has done to Adam Gase to piss him <laughs> off. Yeah, I, I don't want to trade for him. I don't really want to own him. I would you, try to package trade him away. Even on your own four team? Yes, especially <laughs> on my own four team. I, you know, you, when, when you get that point, you've got to manufacture wins week by week. I literally just traded uh, Russell Wilson for Ben Roethlisberger straight up in a keeper league. I expect over the course of the entire season, Russell will be the better player. But I need Big Ben at home against the Falcons. Yeah. I cannot go to 0-5. So, you know, I'm – I'm looking at schedules, looking at opponents. I got to manufacture every week a victory. <laughs> I'm actually kind of pissed off with uh, Ben Roethlisberger after yesterday, by the way, because he was at home. He was against the Ravens defense, and yeah, that was supposed to be a lot better than what I expected. But let's get back to this. LaShawn McCoy. Actually, no, hold on. Chris Hogan. He's like, I don't even need to say buy low because he's going to be free in your league. Everybody on earth is dropping Chris Hogan after this past week, uh, if not had already done it already. I am on the side where if I see him drop, I'm going to go stash him. I'm not going to just drop value, but we're talking about the end of your roster. You probably have somebody you can drop unless you're in a 10-team league because I saw what Hogan did last year with Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola on this team. And the fact that Rob Gronkowski's starting great that he's injured and you know banged up right now, but he's been just blanketed. This is one of those situations where I think that we could see better when things open up. More. Like, I, I really think they need Edelman back, especially. I, I, that, that use and that offense of what Amendola was filling in last year, who is no Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman is obviously better. But that, what that offers that offense and opens up everything else as a result, I'll go stash him because he's going to be free at this point. But, of course, we have the Josh Gordon consideration as well. So if he falls in your league, if you're even your own four, let's say you're a two, a two team and you see somebody drop Chris Hogan, are you going to go pick him up? He was a guy that I would consider, but it would depend on what's on the waiver wire. I mean, if you tell me, okay, he's on the waiver wire and Tyler Boyd is on the waiver wire, it's not close. I'm getting Boyd or Quincy and Nunwa. I realize that the ceiling of all three of those players is definitely there with Chris Hogan. And I also agree with you that, Look, a lot of people are like, well, he, you know, all these, all these targets aren't on the field and Chris Hogan can't get it done. What's he going to do when these other guys are back? But the Patriots offense is just going to be better, more points being scored. Uh, so I, I don't think that's necessarily bad for Chris Hogan. But right now, he's hard to keep on a roster. I mean, you're right. If you've got a burner spot, he is as good as Antonio Callaway and hoping that he learns how to hold on to the ball. <laughs> um, but he's in that. I mean, Chris Hogan was not drafted to be in the tier of Antonio Callaway or Tyler Boyd or Sterling Shepard. He was, you know, but that's the decision you're making on the waiver wire. And, you know, I'm, I'm not taking him over all those guys. Would you take Rashard Higgins? No, I would I would take Hogan over Higgins. You've found you found the tear break. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's funny, though. Let's talk about it real quick is you talk Antonio Callaway can't hang on to the ball. And at the same time, granted, the targets were higher. 
but the connection between Higgins and Mayfield has been better between these two weeks. And I'm with you, Callaway. For people that don't know, I've already said this on the pod before, and I'm sure you guys have echoed the same sentiment, is if it wasn't for the missed season, not playing the off-the-field issues with Callaway, he was a top-three wide receiver talent-wise coming to this draft. So the talent is there. But Higgins uh, actually was quoted in this offseason as saying the connection between Mayfield and me is like we're like brothers, like roommates. So does that skew that information I just gave you? Does that change your opinion at all? No, it doesn't change my opinion. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give a damn what you say, Jake. <laughs> it, it's not what you say. It's what uh, Rashard Higgins is going to say. Uh, what, what is he going to say? You know, oh, man, Baker Mayfield, when he comes in, I'm going to stink with him. Uh, the reality is this. The connection has been better in the sense of he, when he passes him the ball, he's able to catch it. But the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the target counts. I mean, you're talking the last two weeks with Baker, three targets, five targets for Rashad Higgins. I think the last two weeks for Antonio Callaway, he's had 19 targets and they're more valuable down the field targets. He, it, something's wrong in Antonio Callaway's head right now because he's just drop a potamus. If he can catch and hold on to those balls, he would be really valuable. I mean, he'd be scooped up everywhere. If you, there's not a lot of guys on waivers right now that have 19 valuable depth targets over the last two weeks who have a pedigree from college that Callaway has. So, no, I wouldn't take Higgins because the reality is both of those guys, I think Callaway and Higgins, I think both of those guys are not going to more than likely not going to help you much in fantasy football this year. But one of those guys could become something really valuable. And I don't I think Higgins is like he might be a PPR low floor able to get some points and not goose you type of player. All right. So one of my favorite things in fantasy, Jason, and I'm sure it's one of your favorites as well, is the. I told you so. The hindsight's the well, you know, that whole, you know, now of course. So oh, yeah. here's what I saw a lot of after yesterday because I was one of those people who during the game said, can we get a few more rushes happening in this game, specifically for Jordan Howard? What the hell is going on? And it's funny because to the detriment of my DFS squads I did it on is I rostered Jordan Howard with the expectancy of a game flow and a game script like that. And that didn't matter because Jordan Howard barely saw the ball. And then all of a sudden, it's, I saw this coming. I knew Tariq Cohen was going to get this. Despite the fact of Jordan Howard's snap count, market share, the fact he was top 10 in receptions heading into this game for running backs, all that apparently all these people knew, Jason. Everybody knew that Tariq Cohen was going to have that happen yesterday and Jordan Howard's going to get pushed aside. What did you make of this game? It's pretty impressive that they knew that. No, I, I, I make very little of it. What I make is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. This is a defense that can be beat through the air so easily that I could go out and play quarterback. So you're going to have your more electric weapons, your, your pass-catching weapons. I, wait, wait, so hold here's, on. I need to evaluate that, that statement. How good of a quarterback are you really? Like, because I am. I'll, I'll let you know, I'm not good. I like, so my biggest problem is I stand too square to the, like, I'm not very good at standing sideways. This is why I never worked out. I, I'm almost, I'm almost square to the line of scrimmage when I'm like getting ready to throw the ball. So it, it, it's a bad you're the opposite. Of, you're the opposite of Cam Newton. You're, you yes. squared up. Cam Newton is like his back is to the line of scrimmage. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a good quarterback. I'm, okay. I'm going to throw right. some wobblers. I don't have a strong arm. That's the point is that Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, look, Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> this is anybody that's listening to your show that listens to our show, they already know what's coming. I <laughs> gave, I mean, this is so this is the opposite of I told you so. This is a whoopsie doozy. Uh, 
I gave Mitchell Trubisky the business this week. I yep. mean, <laughs> I straight up said he will never be a great quarterback, which I absolutely stand by. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. He'll be a streaming option, and I said he. this is a good week for him. It's a good matchup for him against Tampa Bay at home. Their defense, their secondary, it's just not that everyone can throw on them. And so I think Tariq Cohen – Tariq Cohen was a product of the matchup. And that's one of the worries with Nagy. Matt Nagy is going to come in and he's going to look at the opponent and he might say, hey, this is this is a game where I think we can beat that defense better with uh, a Tariq Cohen versus a, a Jordan Howard. Um, but I'm not worried about Jordan Howard. He's a buy low for me. Unlike Hogan, who I'm, I'm really scared of, or these other names, Jordan Howard – I mean, look, he still got double-digit carries last week. He just didn't do much with them. Um, and it, w when he was getting the carries, it was clearly like run the clock out. You know what's coming. So Jordan Howard's going to be fine. I am 100% in agreement with you. And I call Tariq Cohen basically the running back version of Amari Cooper is good luck guessing when the next three good games are coming. Like that's, that's what you're going to deal with. And this is why I've never owned Amari Cooper. By the way, are you a Amari Cooper fan or not? You are such a wise man. Um, I am not an Amari Cooper fan, per se. I am in my 0-4 team an Amari Cooper owner. Of ah, course. That's why you're uh, it, You know, it's a keeper league, so value dictates certain transactions, and we've got a weird keeper system. So I was able to snag him as a, a third wide receiver keeper, and it has been mm. horrific. I'm trying – I mean, look, when he has a good game, you try to get rid of him because I don't want to play the Cooper Gamble. I actually it, got – I don't know if you know this. Instagram somehow trolled me today. They had this – the top suggested follow for me was Jared Cook because <laughs> I I hate Jared – like, so there was oh! – Oh! Okay. Oh, this is going to be interesting then, apparently, by your response. So – <laughs> going into this season, there was two people that were basically on my you-know-what list for the entire career. Tavon Austin, back when people thought he mattered, and it was Jared Cook, because I was like, you get your one great game, and then he's gone for another four or five weeks. And then you get your great game, and you're excited again, and then he's gone for another four weeks. And then somebody came at me yesterday. It was like, if you look at Jared Cook, he was their only consistent option. And then I pulled up the game log. I said, this is the definition of inconsistent. It was exactly what I said. One, four, one, four. Like, that's who Jared Cook is. Now, I will admit, so far this season, it's been different. But so many years of Jared Cook is, I, I actually hate, this is why I hate him even more now, because I hate that he's actually doing good. And I, <laughs> oh, have, yeah. and I have to get on board. That's what I hate. Yes. Oh, when there is a player that you're against, and then it's proven over time, for whatever reason, that you are wrong, those are the worst. If Mitchell Trubisky ends up just Jared Goff in it and looks like an actual star quarterback i'll get on board because of course you know you gotta you gotta change you gotta shift and stay water but um i'm not gonna be happy about it because of my current predictions but yeah jared cook i like jared cook. i i mean look you're right he has always this is what we said after week one on our show and i believe if memory serves it's been a week one performance in the past for jared cook it's literally it's not just one week it's week one um but jared cook he has these monster games He's, I think, the uh, tight end receiving leader in a single game for three different franchises all time, <laughs> and yet he's never been relevant. So it's exactly what you're saying. He goes away. But I guess the reason I say, oh, is because he was my start of the week this week. Uh, matchup looked great, and of course, he nice. comes out for oh, 8, yeah. 1, 10, and 2. So I, I was pretty happy with that.
I'm sure you are. Uh, you know, go back. I, I forgot to ask you this. I was thinking in my head, and then I got so sidebarred on wanting to hate on Jared Cook. Do you think if I gave you 10 attempts, you could complete a pass in the NFL? Um, no. Okay. Thank uh, well, you. It, does, a dump, does a dump off count? Mm, like, 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 to, like straight, it has to be past know, the, the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, Moses opens up the line in front, and I just go of no, no, so, so, three no, no, yards. Okay, uh, I got to paint this up. I got a huge argument with two of my closest friends, and he was like, oh, yeah, I could complete a pass. In the-. I was like, I could give you 10 passes. You're not going to complete a pass in the NFL. Like, do you understand the time and window and how narrow it is in the NFL and, like, how it – oh, I could do blah, blah, blah. You give me Antonio Brown and blah. And I was like, no, I don't care who you have. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Yeah. No, you don't need an Antonio Brown. You need someone like a Gronk, okay, because your target is not going to be when he comes open. He's open for a window that is way too quick right. for our mind process. You need someone like – I've always talked about this um, in the studio and a little bit on our show, but I have a strategy that I swear would work, and of course it would not. Oh, God, here we go. It's called the Yao Ming strategy. Someone needs to go out and (laughs) just hit four seven-footers on the field who walk forward five yards. You throw the ball high on these tiny DBs. They grab it, and they fall down. If you can get five yards guaranteed every play, you go undefeated. So that's my Yao Ming strategy, and that's the only way you can complete a pass in the I, NFL. Hold on. Time out. I can't believe you just said that because I've, I've discussed the same thing with my friends. I said, how come nobody's tried to get one, like just one? I, I know yes. you said multiple. Just one seven-footer where it doesn't matter if you're six feet tall, you're not jumping up to his wingspan. Like you're not jumping you high enough. Hit, you cannot hit him before he touches the ball. Right. So just literally you can you can lob it. You don't even have to throw it like a you know, do a do a jump shot motion. Or do, that pa- you know, do the pass like they do for that uh, Dr. Pepper game where they just shovel pass it. The thing's nine yards in the air or nine feet <laughs> in the air, he jumps up and grabs it and falls down. So yeah. like it would work. I swear it would work. <laughs> I think it might work for one game because he'd probably get his legs snapped in half. Yeah. Just like like incidentally, not like somebody would do it on purpose, but I just don't think that it would, but anyway, we sidebar a lot. Actually, you know what? We're doing one more sidebar real quick because for the people that haven't, and you know, shame on you if you haven't heard the podcast, um, maybe the quick, ver- I, I want the version for the people that haven't heard that your troll job story, because I got really mad at a troll yesterday. I, I was in a, I was in an ornery mood yesterday afternoon. I'll, I'll admit. And the one person came after me and it was like, they pulled the, this tweet aged well. And I, Oh, yeah. And usually those don't bother me, but it was about the fact that it was the Chris Carson situation. Chris Carson was out, and I said, I really like Rashad Penny probably in around that same spot as an RB2. Then I saw the reports that Mike Davis was probably starting, and I immediately retweeted myself saying, I'm out on Penny as nothing more than a boom or bust RB3 because it sounds like Davis is getting the start. So he said this tweet aged well to the original one. And I came back and I was like, well, maybe you should follow the rest of the tweets, you know, kind of being smarmy. And then he started coming back and coming back and I blocked him. And I don't block a lot of people, but I just wasn't in the mood yesterday. So you have a troll job story from earlier this year where you tried actually and failed. Wait, what's my troll? Remind me because the only one that, Go ahead. sorry, remind me. No, from, from your pot. So you had to tell this story. It was about three or four weeks ago where you guys tweeted out. You said, I, I was going for the troll. And this is why you don't. And then... Oh, 
is that yeah. with my roster? Is yes. that the one I tweeted with my my awesome roster talking yes. about how yes. uh, I left the draft, I'm going to go 16 and 0 and uh tweeted out my roster it was awesome. And then I had to quote tweet that with this did not age well because I'm 0 and 4 and and losing. But it's ironic you bring up the Rashad Penny cuz when you were talking about the troll, uh, you know, I we've got really great listeners. I don't, you know, they understand we're doing a process and they usually give grace for where we get it wrong because we we stay you know above average on all of our calls. But literally, the one that came to mind, and we obviously did not talk about this before the show, when the news came out yesterday that Chris Carson was not going to play, I quote tweeted Schefter and said, "Whoa, start your pennies," <laughs> and that did not go well, obviously. Um, and then I got someone who did the, uh, this tweet aged well. So that one, the, I, I'm just like you, that one just bothered me so much because, oh, I mean, you, when, when you say, oh, this guy's going to be up and then he's not even the guy that's, that feels <laughs> like you're just a big dummy. Yeah. I <laughs> You want to know the best part? I didn't even tell you yet of what happened. So I blocked him. And he tweeted the athletic fantasy football account, which I actually see because I have access to it because I scheduled the article tweets. And he actually tweeted to that and said, I'm going to ask for a refund because your writers are crybabies. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so he tried to report me to my bosses. <laughs> well, well, here's the deal. Jake, don't get anything wrong and you won't have any trolls. Yeah, I know. That's true. Don't forget just be, that a thousand things. Be perfect. Right. All right. So let's go the opposite direction here. Uh, excitement rankings. And actually, off the top, I wanted to ask you this. I actually texted you about it. How excited are you for Venom? <laughs> uh, you know, I love... There's, there's two things that I love with Venom. I love uh, Marvel movies, and I love Tom Hardy. And I'm not excited for the movie. <laughs> Tell <laughs> well, me why. Why? I want to know why. I want to know why. Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you then, because I, I thought you would say why. Like, so I'm going to go... Look, let's be clear. I'm going to go see it. But... I'm I'm so hesitant because the previews are not appealing to me for two reasons. One is I don't know what Tom Hardy's doing with his voice. Like I I, I don't understand, especially when he's talking to the guys in the room. It's almost like Arr. like I like he's got something in his mouth. I don't know. I don't understand that. And then I understand it's very difficult to do a Venom because he has to be all CGI. But why did we have to make him the shiniest damn thing in the history of forever on a freaking movie? Like, wh why did they go that route? He looks so fake because he's so shiny. He's like a brand new car. Yeah, it, it, honestly, you're, you're speaking to the, the weird reasons that I feel like I don't want to see it. it <laughs> the, the graphics look terrible. And then it, how can you have a movie where it's like, I mean, I still don't really get the, is this a superhero movie or is this a super villain movie? Who am I going to be rooting for? <laughs> it just seems so weird. I think it's kind of a mix of both. Did you know he signed up for three more Venom movies after this? Wow. They are really presuming success here. <laughs> I know. But it's, it's Marvel, so it will. Well, that's true. Everybody, you go see, uh, even the worst Marvel movies are pretty dang on good. I mean, the worst ones are in contention with the best DC. Oh, no, that's not fair. Wonder Woman is great. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, Wonder Woman. And that's what's really about it, isn't it? I swear I thought of another one once. <laughs> I was second, really proud of there's myself. There's a second one. But... What the hell is the second one? <laughs> yeah. No, it's probably uh, just Wonder Woman. Uh, the other part is probably now that they incorporated the Eminem video or not video but song over top of it now where you can pretty mm -hmm. much just go like venom 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 
Venom, Venom, Venom. Like, I, I don't even need lyrics. You could just keep saying Venom. That'll work. <laughs> I, just, I just lost you on that one, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that, that, one, uh, <laughs> that one did not hit the reference point. That's for the 10 people out there that have the Eminem album and know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, it's been a while for me. I, I used to be hardcore Eminem fan, but that was, I don't know, too long ago to give a number. Ooh, you don't want to date yourself? <laughs> yeah, <it's> not, <laughs> man, we're getting so old. I still feel so young. Ah, oh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, are you excited today? Are you Mega Man Twelve is out? Oh, Mega Man was way too hard for me. Are you kidding me? Really? I want, I want games that I can crush. I'm the type of guy that I, or if 11. it could work, 11. if it could work with a game genie, oh, sign me up. Yeah, I want a cheat game, code, yeah. and I just want to dominate. I want to, I want to play a football game where I can win 121 to nothing and feel great about myself. All the challenging games like Mega Man, some of those are so hard. Forget that. You know, it's funny you said that. So uh, this is kind of giving away something that might happen without giving it away. So I, I put out a poll before we started the show, and I said you can help me name something with the, this pod, the All In Sports pod. Special episodes, kind of a hint of what it might be. Like, which name do you like? So All In Sports, the bonus level, power up, cheat code, or secret stage. And mm. somebody came back and said, you should have called it Game, game Shark. So that's the, that's the knockoff Game Genie. I said, no, Game Genie. Yes. I had both. Great. Oh, did you? So did I. Well, yeah. So certain games only worked with one, and I had to get my cheat codes in everywhere. Everywhere you could. All right, let's go back to the excitement rankings. So I hate the Patriots' backfield. Actually, they deserve to be in that list with the whole Jared Cook and Davon Austin and all the rest of it. But I've always said the same thing. If we could get down to two, you can get me invested. We are actually now down to two, Jason. We are down to Sony Michelle and James White. And hell if they didn't look amazing this past week. So where are you? Were you a Patriots apologist where I could figure out the right one to own? Or are you waiting like I was? And now you're saying, you know what? I'm on board now. Thank you. No, I, I was I was against the Patriots running back situation. I was not a huge uh, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, uh, you know, getting into the the who's it gonna be? It's just too much of a timeshare. In fact, this year I kind of said that I didn't want to get in one of our we do a uh, live show here in phoenix every year with a a bold predictions and so i kind of talked about how i thought the patriots other than gronk were going to uh disappoint for fantasy chris hogan uh sony michelle rex burke had all of those and i was feeling really good about that taking my early season victory lap to the point get this to the point where after last week just shortly after because what I saw from Sony Michelle, I know everybody loves Sony. Everybody loves Sony Michelle coming out of college. He was great. I'm one person that I didn't really like his tape. And I didn't think he was going to translate into a pass catching back. Then in that game two weeks ago, you saw Tom Brady so upset at the two drops in a row in an important time in the game when Sony Michelle could not catch the ball. And I, you know, I had confirmation bias. So unfortunately. I traded Sony Michelle right Ooh. before the Rex Burkhead news came out for Alex Collins, and then Burkhead goes to oh. IR. And if I could undo that trade, I would do it uh, a million times over because, I mean, look, Sony Michelle gets 100, or 100, gets 25 carries for the Patriots offense. I, I mean, I don't care what NFL running back you are, whether I love you or hate you, <laughs> LeGarrette Blunt was great for a season. 
when he had all the touchdown opportunity, I mean, Sonny Michelle is going to feast, and James White as the pass-catching guy. I, I, I love the Patriots' backfield now. If you can get down to two, and you are, oh, g- give yes. them to me, which now I gave them away. Yep, sign me up for it. By the way, to, to your point, though, do you know how many targets he had yesterday? Sony? Yeah. I, I Not off the top of my head. Zero. That sounds about right. They they saw what I saw in the film and on the practice field and said, let's just use him as a runner. Man. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's not try that again. A little bit of Ronald Jones going on over there, by the way, who caught – oh, God. You got Did James you White. Go ahead and use him for all the pass catching. Use Sony for the running. And, it, exactly. look, it worked. It's going to be so glorious. Uh, did you see the one that Ronald Jones dropped yesterday, by the way? Oh, Ronald Jones is another one of those guys where uh, he was, of, of everyone this year, the big thing of Ronald Jones is a bust to me. He, uh, I, I did not understand his college tape. He's electric in space, but if you put him Oogie up Oogie. between the tackles, he, he doesn't create after contact. He doesn't do anything that I like. He was a smaller back, which generally doesn't translate, and it only translates when you catch the ball, and he can't catch the ball. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a post-doctor appointment, a post-eye uh, doctor appointment, where I had, for the show, I literally had to wear these uh, blackout sunglasses. I know what you're talking because about. Because yeah. my, my eyes were dilated, and so I felt like I could say anything that I really believed without a filter, and so I declared early that Ronald Jones was a bust and that became a thing. So starting off the year, not even active, felt pretty good. I, I, um, I haven't seen all. Have you brought that back? Like that yeah, should be the, the glasses. Oh yeah, the hate blockers come back for sure. From time <laughs> to time, whenever I really need to lay it out, well, I've got hate blockers on the set. Okay, because I, I was gonna say I haven't seen them again since. I was like, that they almost should be like your segment of like <laughs> this is the unfiltered. I I can say whatever the hell I want segment. <laughs> yeah, that 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 <laughs> usually happens at our live shows because people. People want it. People demand the hate blockers. But, uh, yeah, he, he can't catch. I mean, I remember having a little bit of inside information given to me from one of the uh, USC wide receiver coaches, and he said, hey, he's a great back, but he is not a three-down back. He won't be a three-down back in the NFL. And now you've seen uh, – I mean, he just – he can't catch the ball. He did – he's had one nice reception uh, down the field, which surprised me, but it's the – it's not the down the field capabilities. It's the easy ones. It's the it's the just wide open catch the balls that's clearly in his head. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, going forward, it looks good for him. I think that they've realized Peyton Barber stinks. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, he he has not got the job done. They're going to come out of the bye with Jameis Winston. You're being too kind. They're going to give Ronald Jones uh, all the opportunity in the world. I still don't believe that Ronald Jones will be successful because I don't think he'll catch the ball and he's too small to be a goal line back and if you can only be a between the 20s non-pass catching back what is your ceiling in fantasy mm, Kenyon Drake <laughs> oh you hurt my heart but Kenyon Drake is great catching the ball pass it that to is him. true he's Kenyon Drake without these he's Kenyon Drake Dion Lewis he's all the he's all of them without being able to catch the ball which is a big problem <laughs> That's a bigger problem. All right. Uh, we got a little bit more time. I want to get a few three of these back in. Corey Davis. Now, I am so – like, you want to talk about victory laps? I'm having so much fun this week now because I told everybody to stay the course with Corey Davis. I talked about the 30% team share that he had. I talked about the fact that the next closest person had half the targets, which was Deion Lewis. And I had Corey Davis and a ton of DraftKings. Life. So I'm doing a victory lap, lap today. Are you doing the same, Jason? 
Oh, you not not me. I'm I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled to see. But uh, my co-host Andy Holloway has been right there with you. This was one of his guys from early off season. Talked him up. Told everybody to stay the course this last week. Pointed out the fact that this has been look. It's it, he hasn't even had his starting quarterback. He's been having to play with Blaine Gabbert. Now you lose Rashard Matthews. You lose Delaney Walker. Oh, hold on. You don't lose Rashard Matthews. Rashard Matthews is a crybaby. They took his ball and went home. Well, sure, but you lose him for the ability to get a target. because I just no want to make that clear to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, I mean, with he's, he's the only show in town now. I mean, I, look, I, I have been a big fan from coming in last season on Taewon Taylor. I, I think he is a, uh, a very good talent. But targets rule the world, and Corey Davis gets all the targets. His body, his size – uh, eventually, when Mariota figures out this new system, I think Corey Davis is going to be phenomenal. You know what I would do if I ruled the world? Tell me. I'd free Hip-hop. all my sons. What's, <laughs> what's that? I said I'd free all my sons. There you go. Love them, baby. There you go. Exactly. That's exactly where it's going. I was surprised at how many people weren't immediately going and stashing and picking up Taiwan Taylor as soon as that news broke. I, I was shocked about that. All right. I, I think but, that's just due to Mariota. You oh, don't know yeah. if he's been injured. He's sucked. Um, I, you know, I was really high on Mariota coming into the season all up until he looked kind of poor in preseason. And I, I, I pulled back like a cartoon hand for the rest of the year with only four fingers. Right, so that you know, that's the issue I think with Taiwan. What's your favorite cartoon, by the way? Oh, all time or current? All time, of course. All time, you know, I gotta go Animaniacs. Animaniacs are look, they're zany to the max. I mean, I want to <laughs> go like Ren and Stimpy. They definitely no. got the more laugh out loud moments. But I would come home, and I would, I mean, I mean, it's Spielberg. Dude. It's a cartoon that's Spielberg. You know they're bringing it back, right? I heard rumors of that, and. My kids, I don't care if they want to watch. They will watch when it comes back. <laughs> so it's so funny you said this because DuckTales came back. And I had my, I, yeah, thank you. I've actually sung it on this very show. I had my hesitancies about it, but I'm, I, I'm watching this with my nephew. I don't care. We're watching it. And it's actually pretty dang good. I, I, you know what? I will say this. It's going to sound like blasphemy. This version of Launchpad is better than the other Launchpad. Oh, you're putting off some of your audience. But uh, I have not watched it yet. But I've got a family member who swears that this 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 whole show, this reboot, is better than the original, and they were diehard in, into the original. Uh, so. I don't think I would say the entire show, but they did a hell of a lot right. I like say it's it's at least in contention. For what was your favorite Animaniacs segment? Because I have one, and I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to judge you by what's your favorite segment. Oh man, uh, not like segment is like, like recurring like, segment, but like the, oh, one, the like the most I, entertaining. Cause it, Single. I, yeah, because you know how it works. Uh, for everybody out there who's never seen Animaniacs, it wasn't like a 30-minute or a 22-minute show. They had individual segments every episode, so there you might see like five right. segments of the different like. So that's why I was saying that. If you were going reoccurring, I would, I would have to go Pinky and the Brain before the spinoff, but if you're right. just talking individual one, I, it's, it's, it's when they sung the, the – uh, what was it the the geography song of of the world that and all so the country damn impressive <laughs> yeah i mean it it really was i i think i had that song on tape or something on cd where it was like i had that <laughs> memorized at one point and i wonder if the recesses of my brain could remember any of that do you, do you have you seen the childish gambino 
fixed gif of that? No. Where he starts dancing and he points to America and he comes in and he goes, this is America. <laughs> and shoots. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's a, it was terrific. My, so my favorite was actually not even the main, main Animaniacs. It wasn't Pinky in the Brain. It wasn't, it's actually, if you remember the squirrels. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, when they did Who's on Stage, the band, and yes, that yeah. was because it was like a redo of Who's on First, and that sure. had me rolling. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. You are clearly an Animaniacs uh, oh, truther. I've got, I've got Wacko right, right behind me as one of my Funko Pops. For real? Wow, yeah. we, we have so much in common. I didn't even know. No, that's okay because you don't watch my show. I watch yours, but that's cool. <laughs> oh, I, uh, sorry. I, uh, I, I should watch your show. You're number no. one in draft rankings this year for a reason and uh, no, definitely respect no, no, everything no. you do. No, that's a, see, that's the comparison I always make is like for, to, for what we do to have time is not like, it's not that we don't want to. And I, I'm saying this speaking for you and you can tell me if I'm wrong. It's just how much time we spend every single, like people don't realize this is like an 80 plus hour a week. And it's kind of also if your job was just to cut steaks every single day, all day long as a butcher, and you come home, it's like steaks again. Like, it's just kind of, you know, you kind of need that break to unwind with TV and other type of stuff. Like, I don't want to come home or well, I work from home kind of similar to you guys. It's not like I just, oh, what am I going to do with my free time? Read a whole and watch a whole bunch of podcasts of people that are doing the exact same thing I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really tough. It's, it's no uh, disrespect. A lot of great work right, being done exactly. out there. but. Yeah, it's just no time. When and and now we uh, we got a new studio a couple of years ago, and it's relatively Gorgeous. close to our house. And so there, I don't have the commute time. It used to be like, okay, well, you know, if I'm driving 45 minutes, I'll put on all these podcasts and I can listen. But th I just don't have the time now. Yeah, see, that's the thing. And from working from home, I have no commute. I mean, I might commute two minutes up the week to two two minutes up the street to Chick Fil A. And I'm not, I'm not listening. By the way, what the hell happened with your food rankings? But how did you not end up with like Chick-fil-A or five? What's wrong with you? Well, my, my food was I went after the big boys. I went after the best of the best. And I ended up with, I mean, people hate it. And it shocked me. But I had McDonald's. I had Taco Bell. Trash. I had Subway. <laughs> I mean, look, I get it. Trash, trash, trash. And I get that nobody wants to say they like these places. But they are literally the most visited places in not just in the world but like you name me a city and i promise you those are the places that get the most customers coming in the door eating the food so it's like it's just like it's mcdonald's uh, you don't want to admit that you like mcdonald's no you want I, to I will okay i love mcdonald's yes, i want me a big mac i can tell you the year i don't remember the month at this point but there's a reason i remember this so it was a couple years well I don't want to date myself, <laughs> as we've already done on this show. I will just say, I know the exact year, the last time I ate McDonald's. Oh, wow. 2005. Look, I'm, I'm not saying you're not smart for that, but I am saying you are rare for that. Oh, the, we, I'm kind of weird to begin with. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Two more players before we get out of here. Enough sidebarring. Alshon Jeffrey's back. In your lineup just permanently going forward? Yeah, it has to be. I mean, after you come back and perform like that, uh, right off of, uh, you know, look, Alshon has never been the most consistent guy in the world. He's not a high yardage volume, you know, going to yeah, average a little touchdown dependent. Yes. But when you have a player like that who could put up two touchdowns any game and when he has a bad game is usually, you know, 50 yards and four or five receptions. So he doesn't just completely crap your team. Uh, yeah. You leave him in your lineup. 
All right. Last one. The backfield for the Packers. So, ah. yeah, exactly. So, like, people know this. I was a Jamal Williams fan. Well, I say, I say was, like, I'm not a fan anymore, but I, I've understood the situation. And my biggest thing for Jamal Williams is that he's, I call them in fitting for this team. I always call them the James Jones or running backs. Like, he does everything well, nothing exceptional, except for pass blocking. And I always thought that was going to help him stay on the field because you got to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy, and he's not going to be 100% for this entire year. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, th th that is exactly how I have felt the whole time. There is no doubt Aaron Jones is the most talented yes. running back, has the highest fantasy ceiling on that team. I watched every snap over this offseason of all three running backs, especially focusing on the games where uh, Green Bay, where all three running backs were healthy and Aaron Rodgers was in the game trying to nail down what they were going to do. And I was so sure that despite the fact that it was clear Aaron Jones was their best weapon, that Jamal Williams was going to be the leader of the pack. He was going to be on the field the most, even after Aaron Jones got back, and he had to pass protect, and it, Jamal Williams was the guy I want. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and, and I admittedly, I even said, I had Aaron Jones really high this past week. I actually had him in a ton of DFS, too, because I said, you know what? It's clear that they want to use him. I thought the only hesitancy was Jamal Williams still needs to be involved because of the pass blocking, but after what happened this past week, is Aaron Jones now starting for your team if you own him as an RB2? As an RB2, I mean, it's always going to depend who my other options on right, the bench are. But yeah, I mean, I would say more than likely if I've got Aaron Jones on my roster, I'm going to be starting him this coming week and going forward. In fact, on the other side of that, Jamal Williams, who I have um, in my glorious own four league of record team, <laughs> he is a guy that I'm considering whether or not I drop him. I mean, this quickly from, you know, a startable asset on the field for a high power offense to like, you know, I've got needs. I've got, you know, I want to pick up guys, look for future schedule, you know, matchups and streamable options at defense, at quarterback, at tight end. Do I just drop? So let me ask you, this question comes in from Jason Moore, the fantasy footballers for Jake Seeley. <laughs> is Jamal Williams droppable? He unfortunately is. Uh, I like, know. Well, I mean, we're hitting buys. Um, it's only two teams again this week. Uh, seriously, NFL, could you get your crap together? Just four teams for a couple consecutive weeks and just be done with it. Heck, even six. Just like, this is stupid. But anyway, sidebar that. Uh he is because people need to make moves right now. And if you have to make a move out there to fill in for your buys, you need a starter. You need somebody off the waiver wire. Taiwan Taylor's out there. He's droppable. I, I even said this in the waiver column, and I think you'll agree, Jason, as I said, I don't ever want to drop a running back that has the potential to be the lead option. Like if Aaron Jones gets hurt again tomorrow, you got to go pick Jamal Williams right back up again. And that's why I hate to drop those kind of running backs. But if you have to, he, he is, he's cuttable. Yeah, that, I mean that's exactly that's exactly how I feel. I if I can avoid that, I would rather cut a uh, decent, you know, maybe you could throw him in at the flex wide receiver uh, because you can always you can always find those guys on the waiver to pick up and start right off the bat. I mean the amount right. of leagues that have Ted Ginn just sitting there, which is hey, that's fine. You want to? Oh, no, he's but, dead to me. He yeah, to, sure. He, he did nothing against the Giants. You jerk oh yeah terrible <laughs> terrible week but you know just there's always a guy that you can plug in that could end up with a long bomb touchdown and 
So I'd rather leave my roster full of running backs because the waiver wire is so, uh, you know, sparse. I, I regret right. early after week one. After week one, Darren Sproles was so involved. Jay Ajayi took over the second half, and Corey Clement looked like trash. And so Corey Clement was a, was a cut. And then it turned out Darren Sproles got injured, and Jay Ajayi was banged up. And then Corey Clement looked like a must-start option. It's one of those, like, <laughs> you run the risk when you cut the running back because there's just there's not a lot of them out there. Here, here's one for you. Who's more? Who's who's the bigger injury concern for you, Leonard Fournette or Jay Ajayi? Well, Leonard Fournette would be the bigger one right now since he is already guaranteed out. I, but, I mean, I that mean, that, that kind of necessarily doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jay Ajayi is Jay Ajayi doesn't have a back or knees or <laughs> knees. Yeah, I mean, he is bone on bone everywhere throughout his body and. But, I mean, this is what you get from J.J. This is what you've had his whole NFL career is he goes out there, he's banged up, you you can get a big game or you can get a bust. He's he's kind of had a career similar to Amari Cooper in the sense that at the end of the year, his numbers look great and he had some weak winning performances, but he puts usually a lot of that into one game and, uh, you know, it's he, he doesn't spread the wealth around to his weeks. No, that's definitely true. Uh, two quick fire questions before I get at you, get you out of here. Uh, you are similar to me, lover of Christ, comedy and fantasy football. Comedy show that I might not have seen that you recommend. Oh, the Spitballers podcast. Really? <laughs> yeah, the Spitballers podcast. It is uh, Andy, Mike, and myself. Uh, we have launched a new podcast where all we do is talk nonsense once a week on Mondays. And uh, we just have a we just have a good time. It's clean, it's family friendly, and it's funny. And that's uh, that's a hard thing to do. I actually haven't even seen you guys. I'm I have completely overlooked that. I'm going to have to we check have, that out because one of the funniest barely. things in this off season was watching you guys do the dad jokes. I was yeah crying, yeah exactly I'm so, laughing watching you try to get through those jokes. It's just that type of stuff. We're literally just being idiots, asking you know would you rather questions, and we do. Uh, mock drafts so if you saw the uh the food mock draft where i drafted mcdonald's and subway and that was it's from the terrible. spitballers podcast so that's where uh oh, okay we, yeah we do we do those drafts all the time we just did uh, on this last monday an appetizers draft Ooh, what was did you I don't want to don't want to spoil the reward the don't want to spoil the results but uh i won okay i'll i'll, I'll be the judge of that Oh, we'll see. Because your your fat your fast food was just god awful. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, last one, and then I want you to tell everybody. By the way, Jason FFL, follow him on Twitter, and then tell everybody to find your stuff again, just to make sure they heard it first time. I wanted the second time, but before you do that, does Julio Jones score a touchdown this week against the Steelers? Yes, he does. Julio is a great start, and he will score a touchdown this week against the Steelers. All right, Jason, tell everybody. Where to follow your stuff? So assumingly they're not, which would just be crazy. Uh, the fantasyfootballers.com at the FF Ballers for the main account at Jason FFL on Twitter if you want to follow me personally and at Spitballers Pod. Uh, you know, look, if you're 0 4, you go 0 5, you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Maybe, maybe have some joy in your life with the Spitballers. Oh, there you go. He's one of the best, one of the best podcasts out there. Obviously, three years in a row, you guys voted and said so. So make sure you're following him and Mike and Andy and the whole crew. I appreciate you coming on, Jason. I appreciate it, Jake. Have a good one.
You too. All right, everybody. That was Jason Moore of the Fancy Footballers, my favorite non-all-in sports podcast that there is in this world. Make sure you go check them out if you haven't. I'm going to be checking out the comedy podcast as well, as should you if you enjoy some good laughs. So do that. I'll be back on Thursday, as always, for some James Co. talk from Chris Meany. Big fat Meany time coming against me in my ranks. So a lot to still do and get to this week. And some news might be coming out soon about more podcasting, some special podcasting. There's a poll out, which kind of hints to that if you want to go check it out. Hey, hashtag check that link. So I will talk to you Thursday. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm gonna, I, you know what? I'm just going to sing the DuckTales at this point if I don't get it. But, but Victoria Justice, we need to sing DuckTales together. I'm just letting you know we need to do this together. That's all. That's all I'm asking of you. Let's just sing DuckTales together, please. Back Thursday. Have a good one, everybody.